0: Today's scripture comes from the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1, 26 through 31. I believe it's in the New Living Translation. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock. All the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth. And all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was very good. And evening passed, and morning came, making the sixth day. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the sixth day day. Genesis 2, 4 through 7. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Thank you, Chip. As I mentioned earlier in the introduction of the service, I'm beginning a a series of of, uh, teachings called Fearless and Faithful. And the reason for which I am teaching this series is because we are now coming into the season where we're going to be planning uh, the leadership, along with some of you, are going to be planning the future of the church meaning the next year programs and ministries that we would like to develop. So if you have any ideas, any ministry that's yearning and and jumping in your heart that you would like to see happening uh, in our midst, bring it on right now between now and October uh, uh, and early November, and we will find a place for it and and develop it uh, as possible. So I invite you to do that as we plan and we regroup ourselves. But we are a church that is in a process of transformation, if you, cannot, if you haven't noticed, uh, that we are in a process of renewal, redevelopment from what we used to think as, as ministry and church to what the Lord is teaching us now to what the church is becoming. I think sometimes that the same thing that's happening out there politically is happening here in the church. More so in the earlier times when we came together than now. Because when we came together, there was a struggle. And listen to this. There was a struggle from members from the three old churches to keep the church the way it was versus the the, the other ones that were struggling to allow the church to develop to something new. So it was a struggle versus the church that was versus the church that is, is becoming. And I think we turn around the corner, and some may be griping, but you're coming along, and we're okay with that. <laughs> because we are discovering that God is taking us to new grounds, new places. And we cannot be fearful if we're going to be moving in that direction. Every time the Lord gave the people of Israel in the Old Testament a command, an encouragement, a word for them to move forward, he usually began with a formula, we call it an Old Testament theological formula that began, do not be, do not be, exactly, don't be afraid. There is the idea that there are 365 verses that begin with the, with the concept, do not be afraid, one for each day of the year in our lives. But no, that is not true. Actually, there are more than that because not only does the Lord begin with do not be afraid, but do not fear. For I am the Lord your God. So there are a variety of of word and biblical formulas in which God is encouraging God's people to not be afraid. And yet, we go ahead and become fearful. We institutionalize our fears. We dress them up real nicely. And we think we're doing church when we're actually captives and slaves of fear and lack of faith. Sometimes we have limited our faith to the idea that uh, uh, it is my theological beliefs. That's not faith. That's your theological beliefs. Faith is an organic living thing that is a gift from God that allows us to move, like the Bible says, from glory to glory, from greater experience to greater experience, even if we're in the verge of dying. This week, as many of you know, our brother Buck entered the church triumphant. And I had the chance of speaking with him twice before some hours before he literally entered the church triumphant. Uh, by the way, entering the church triumphant is a, a Presbyterian way of saying he died. Okay. And in the conversation, uh, he was in pain because the medication hadn't come in yet. And and, and we're, I'm chatting with or I'm chatting, I'm talking with him, and and I tell him. Do you know the glory that's coming up your way? And he replies, in his painful voice, I'm so ready. I'm ready. To my response, you know what was my response? I'm so jealous of you. I'm so jealous of you, gosh. You're going to make it there. Excellent. We prayed and he fell asleep. And later on, he met the Lord, literally. Amazing. What a witness. What a strength to a life of faith. He was not afraid of what was going to happen. Amazing. That is a faithful existence. People usually do not have that kind of faith. I actually find uh, uh, in in my psychological studies, I found my sermon, in my psychological studies, uh, (laughs) I, I have found actually that a lot of people are very much afraid of death. And a lot of the motivation in their lives to do many things is basically fear of death. And that's very natural. It's not an uncommon thing. But I want to teach about this morning, not so much about that that fearless, but basically the faithful part of it. And for this month, I'm going to use the text found in Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And I want you to to listen to the formula because I'm, I'm using formulas because Bible writers use formulas, use patterns of literature that the people who were going to read the Scriptures would be familiarized with. And this is, again, one of those formulas where there's a parenthesis of doxology. There's a glory statement, the truth, and the glory statement. Okay, that's the structure where we're going to read. A glorious statement of God, the truth about God, and then the glorious statement, closing the parenthesis, is called a doxological formula in classroom. I got to get off that train <laughs> because I was teaching Bible 101, and I thought I had a class in college. Bring it out, man. So, this is the statement. Listen to it. And if you have a calendar, if you have a calendar with you, it's right there on the top. It says the following. Paul is writing at the end of that chapter. Now, all oh, glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us. Parenthesis. Listen to this. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. That's the truth statement. To accomplish infinitely more than we can ask. Another older translation says that we can ask or imagine. Remember that one? That's this text. That we can ask or imagine. And then the closing parenthesis, glory to him, the church, glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. So that's our verse for the month. And I invite you to read it, to think on it, to sit with it a while. Sit with a verse for a while, just two verses, and let them speak to you. Research them. You see, in, in this new worship series, what I'm trying to do is to, to teach us about a healthy shift from a regular existence to a healthier shift of a life of God, to begin the shift of, of one life to another, a life of fear, dominated by fear, to a life of faith, where fear paralyzes, fear brings procrastination, like I told you, fear debilitates our energy, fear lies to us constantly, and fear steals your blessing, your peace, and even your joy. Now, how many of you throughout this month would like to join a journey where you identify some of your fears? I'm not, I'm not going to do all of them because it will be too much. No, no, no. Say, Lord, show me one fear. Remember the prayer, Lord, show me me. Julia, we used to do that prayer last year. Lord, show me me, and we didn't like it too much. Well, Lord, show me. One fear. Okay. Just one. Would you like to identify that one fear? Huh? No, you don't. you liars. Fearful liars. No. Would you like to identify one fear? Let me try this again. Would you like to be free from that one fear? Do you wish to stop second-guessing life? Do you wish, by the way, the right answer to all of this is yes. So keep it up. Do you wish to gain the knowledge that, you, that God will propel you in a life of faith? Do you wish to love God better? Do you wish to serve God better? Do you wish to claim God peace in your life? Then stick to this commercial. No. <laughs> Send a uh, call, 1-800-222-2595. No. I invite you then to spend, hang out with us every Sunday morning. Don't wait till Sunday morning to decide I'll go to church. Make a decision Friday. Make a decision Saturday afternoon that I will go and try to not deal with pastor. Reddy. No, let's deal with the Word. Let's see how God would like us to be free from our fears. You see, the text that we just read that, that uh, I'm supposed to say that Elder Chip so eloquently read, that's the typical, yeah, that's the typical words that we say. Uh, uh, teaches us that, first of all, God is the creator. God is a sustainer. God is sovereign. It teaches us that God creates and enjoys and rejoices in God's creation. It teaches that God created humanity and does something unique with this kind of creation, that He, God, shares God's own life. Listen to this. God share God's own life, kind of life with this creation, to the point that he calls us to be made in our image and in God's likeness. In the narrative that we just read, God also gives humanity dominion over creation, and we were the crown jewel of God's creation. We are given the worlds to dominate over, not to destroy and and to exploit, but to share in fellowship. The way C.S. Lewis imagined this, C.S. Lewis being a 20th century theologian philosopher who began his life by wanting to disprove the veracity of everything about Christianity and ended up becoming one of the biggest apologetics or one of the biggest defenders of the faith in the middle 20th century. So, C.S. Lewis describes this period of creation. He imagines this period of Harmony with God, creation, and, and humanity. Where uh, oh, you would love this. Where human beings could talk to trees. Where we had relationship with the animal kingdom. And we could sit with the fierce animals and have converse, have conversations. Have you seen in, in the movie uh, uh, with the wardrobe? Uh, uh, one of those. There is a scene where the trees get up and move from one place to another, and they're worshiping God. When I saw that "Ah, that's that period between the creation and what we call the fall. Wow. What harmony in the creation, where no one was exploiting anyone, where everything was just perfect as God created everything to be. You see, God's creation is for us. This God gave his own kind of life to us. This God gave his life to us so that we are partners with God. He gave this life to be a blessing along with God. He gave this life to be power like God's power. He gave this life of faith so that we would walk like God walks and creates with faith where everything God creates is beautiful, even you. This God gives a life of dominion, not humiliation, of power, and not fear. He gives us a life of purpose and significance, not mere existence. This is God's life. Jesus lived this kind of life. In the beginning of the mysterious, wonderful Gospel of John, we read the following words. The Word gave life to everything that exists. And his life brought light to everyone. The following verse says the famous statement that somehow we disconnect from that verse. But it's talking about you and I. This is the life. That word was life, Jesus. And that Jesus gave us light. And then this light, guess what this light does in us? What is the result? What are the consequences of that light of the divine creator in your life and my life? Look at it. No, you can't. I got it here. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Not even death, not even pain would extinguish that light in Buck. You hear that? The light shines in your darkness. You have that light. You see how you can move from a life of fearfulness to a life of faithfulness. Jesus lived a life of full faith, believing God, listening to God, and watching God's behavior as God moved in his life. He lived a fearless life and a life full of faith as he spoke to people, as he touched people, as he connected with people, as he transformed people. Fearlessly, he encountered people. When he heard the bells of the leopards, instead of him going the other way, he went towards the leopards. Instead of him running away from the beggars of the temple, he walked by the beggars of the temple and offered them life and a new experience for them to move on and have a great life ahead of them. That was Jesus. He never ran away, he focused. He went towards there was the promptings of God because God favors the needy. So wherever there was need, Jesus moved in that direction fearlessly, because he knew the power that God, his Father, had given him as he identified him. Jesus lived a fearless life when he showed goodness to the poor, food to the hungry, freedom to the enslaved, hope to the hopeless, and God's life to the disciples and followers. Jesus sowed fearlessly. He sowed. Can you imagine somebody having the responsibility of changing the world, and they give you three years (laughs) Think about it. They give you three years to change the world. So, he had to be busy. And what was he busy doing? Throwing speeches all over the world? He was teaching. He was preaching. And as the Scripture tells us, he was healing. Three things. But the way he taught told people that he was not normal. The way he preached, people responded, where does this wisdom come from? And the way he healed and touched and transformed lives made other ones, what? Fearlessly. He faced every situation. He sowed generously and he gave generously. He gave smiles. He gave food. He gave faith. He gave love. He gave hope. He gave positivism. Actually, he gave himself. As I said earlier, here at Loud Hope, we're experiencing. Changes and transformation. And some of us can deal with them and some of us cannot. I have the job to make it happen somehow with God's help as I've been called for that. And you know what I discovered? We're dealing with the 12 shifts. A little booklet, 99 pages in the leadership class, and I'm going to be talking about them here. And it's interesting that when I was reading on the first shift that a church has to do In order to be transformed, by the way, it has to do nothing with presbytery. It has to do nothing with the building. It has to do nothing with any of the stuff that happened three marches ago in this building. It has everything to do with your heart and your mind. Listen to the shift as it is described. It is shifting, listen to this, from your present hopes for your congregation's future let me say it again. We shift, and we're shifting, and this congregation's literature have shifted from your present hopes for your congregation, and we shift to the high expectations that God has a vital future for this community, from your hopes to God's hope. Simple. I wonder if that would apply in life. And as I was studying and trying to make my life simpler with all these things that I'm teaching, because today I taught at 930, I teach here, and I teach after this. So I love it. I feel like I'm on a Tuesday, Wednesday college route. I mean, Tuesday, Thursday. Three classes in a row. That's how I used to do it. But you see, we move from our hopes to God's hope. Isn't that a shift that we could probably apply in our own lives? Oh, we're doing it in the church shifting from our hopes for the future of the church to God's real vital hope for the future of the church, from ours to God's. I wonder if that would apply in our homes if we reward this statement from saying, from your present hopes for your life to God's high expectations of a vital future with you. From your hopes for your life to God's hopes for your life. From your hopes of your finances that's what it means to God's hope for your finances for your hopes for in your relationship to God's hope in your relationship from your hope in your community to God's hope in this community now all oh, glory to God who is able 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 to infinitely accomplish more then what we may ask or imagine, I like that one, imagine, from God's hope, I mean from our hope to God's hope. So, will you join me in this coming month as we discover that we are actually fearless? We just have to figure it out because that courage, that certainty is in us through Christ who gave himself. Jesus lived a fearless life so that you and I might also walk in this fearless life. Jesus lived a fearless living so that you and I may experience a fearless living. Jesus served, sowed, and gave fearlessly all the way to even give himself. So as we move into this moment of the sacrament be thinking, what did God give? What did God give so that you and I would not be fearful, but be faithful? And listen to the classic, almost burnt out text in John 3.16, because God loved you so much. You know, yeah, because God loved the world, and we get lost in that concept of world. But what it really means is for God loved Joan. For God loved Ruth, for God loved Keisha, that God gave his only son so that we will have life.